Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Penny. And this is She-Hulk Smash. Oh, sorry, I, I misspoke. This is uh, She-Hulk Cast. Uh, this is an intro to the new Disney Plus show, She-Hulk Attorney at Law, coming to Disney Plus August 18th. August 18th. Man, that is crazy that it is that far, like we are that far into 2022 already. And there's been so much amazing TV going on. And the content coming out August and September of this year, it's like a fire hose. There's yeah, so there's much good so stuff, much out right stuff now. that I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, so uh, we wanted to, to get together and and talk about uh, some She-Hulk, what we're what we're looking forward to, and just kind of kind of get out into the ether and allow people to be like, oh, this is a thing that is actually happening beforehand. So, uh, with regard to to She-Hulk, yeah. I am like I I've known who She-Hulk was. Uh, I I didn't read a ton of her comics when I was growing up. I uh, I really she was an ancillary character, uh, but then. I would say in probably the 2000 teens, I saw some of her, um, some of her individual, uh, issues and then some of the, the crossovers with some of the other characters that I wrote or that I, that I read, like the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. So I, I'm familiar with her. I know the very, very basics, but, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just, I heard about it and I really like Tatiana Maslany. How about you, Penny? So when I was a kid, I didn't read She-Hulk and her solo um, comics, the really iconic uh, 1980s John Byrne ones, uh, started coming out when I was just starting to not be as into comics. Um, but I always was sort of put off by the name. I really dislike the name She-Hulk. I don't like it when there's a, a she put at the front of any like profession you, or work you have or to identify like. the fact that you are in fact a female and not in fact the Hulk or a yeah, Hulk. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I've heard the same complaint about like, why does every black superhero have the word black in their <laughs> name? Um, you know, like black Panther, black lightning, um, black man, Adam. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little irritating. Um, wait, was black Adam black? Uh, I'll be honest. I never read black Adam. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I'm just saying it was a black I, I in the name. He's like I don't. I'm not sure he's human. I think he's like a, he's an alien, right? From another planet. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So I. Um. I also was very put off by some of the She-Hulk covers are very very sexual. Oh, absolutely. So when I was looking for like you know a female superhero to read about, and I had my very limited dollars to spend on comic books. Uh, She-Hulk just wasn't going to be the winner back then. And now that I've read a bunch of her books, I'm sort of sorry I didn't read them back then because it's all very tongue-in-cheek. They're completely aware of how sexualized she is. It's kind of, it's a point within a point. It's really meta. Um, I'm really, I've been enjoying reading the comics way more than I thought I would. That's awesome. That's that's great. Uh, I have not had, I just, I've been buried with school and whatnot and haven't had the opportunity to read some of the, the, the comics, uh, recently. Um, but what I do, like the things that I remember and, 
uh, we were wondering this a, a couple of months ago, um, is, you know, one of her iconic things is kind of like Deadpool is well known for breaking the fourth wall. And I, we were, we were talking about wondering, are they going to do that? Are they going to be as kind of self-aware, um, with, with the show? And then, you know, in one of our, uh, in one of the, the trailers, I think we saw a little bit of that. And then I know that. Yeah. A little wink and a nod. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I think that kind of covers why we wanted to talk about it, why we wanted to podcast on it. Cause like that's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. And I, th- I personally feel that I have always been a big Hulk fan. Um, and by a big Hulk fan, like I, okay, to be fair, I didn't enjoy the Ang Lee version. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the, the incredible Hulk I thought was a fantastic movie. And, uh, I personally really enjoyed it, and the fact that we're bringing back some characters from the Incredible Hulk, uh, while I I thought it was it sucked that Ed Norton didn't come back. Uh, I thought that Mark Ruffalo did a fantastic job, and uh, he was you know one of the 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 true stars I think of of the Avengers movies, and I'm I'm glad that he is making more appearances, uh, and also also I think Mark Ruffalo's amazing in that role. Yeah, I really I I enjoy Mark Ruffalo and everything I've seen him in. He's incredibly talented and he brings a, a gravitas to Bruce Banner um, because he's it's a very grounded character the way. He yeah, does it. Uh, the, I absolutely um, agree. Um, I, I always got the feeling that Eric Norton in that movie was sort of like a little Edward? embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can um, I can see that. Like, I, oh, this I, is I'm I'm doing this. I was in Primal Fear for God's sakes, and now I'm doing this. Oh, I love yeah, that Primal movie. Fear is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, have you guys seen American History X? And now I'm yeah. the Hulk. Fight Club. Yeah, have Fight you seen Club. Fight Club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he was also in that very cheesy romantic comedy where he's a priest and oh, Ben Stiller right. is a yeah, is a rabbi, and they fall in love with the same girl. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember what it was. Keeping the faith, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Jenna Elfman? Yeah. Was the third? Was the yeah Jenna the girl? Elfman yeah. was the girl. <laughs> um, yeah, I I saw that, but it was kind of like oh, saw it and then just moved on from it. Yeah. Um, so all right, pretty disappointing. What we what we do know about the show uh, here mm-hmm. is the the summary from IMDb. Uh, Jennifer Walters navigates a complicated life of a single 30 something attorney who also happens to be a green six foot seven super high powered Hulk. Okay. That I am very straightforward. Yeah, I'm very glad that they didn't go super crazy in depth. Um, I also think that some of the plot points are being a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, kind of kept behind closed doors um, because I haven't heard anything except like what characters people are going to be playing not necessarily what the, the basis of the show is going to be. Yeah. And with She-Hulk, it's interesting because sometimes in her comic book iterations, she's a very earth-based character. She works in a law firm or at one point she works for um, the district attorney's office. Um, But she's, you know, she's like a working lawyer. And uh, at other times she is traveling around the universe with the Fantastic Four or she's uh, at one point she serves as an intergalactic judge. Hmm. So the show could go in so many different directions. We have no idea what's going to happen. Right. Uh, yeah. That's uh, I mean, I, I did hear an advertisement for it uh, when I was listening to welcome to our show, the, the new girl recap podcast by the, 
uh, you know, hosted by like Zoe Deschanel and Lamorne Morris and uh, uh, Hannah Simone. Um, the one of the advertisements on that was for She Hulk, and they're like, "Oh, she's a you know a superhero lawyer, but not superhero like kind of like uh, you know Saul Goodman. He's a criminal lawyer, not mm-hmm. a lawyer for criminals, but a criminal lawyer." This is the yeah. kind of the opposite. She's not a superhero lawyer. She's a lawyer for superheroes. And she's a superhero. And she happens yes. to, you know, she, she happens to also be a superhero. Um, yeah. I, I looked, uh, I, I read, there's an article that we have in news that uh, I, I read a little bit of it um, with mm-hmm. regard to the, uh, what the, the basis of it is and what she's like. She's basically just the poster child for the superhero division. And yeah. I was kind of like, well, what cases is she going to handle? Is that going to be like the Incredibles where they're being sued because Captain America threw a shield through a, a bank wall? Um, and in order, <laughs> like, in order to get insurance, you know, trying to, to I mean, figure think out. about just the immigration issues alone, right? Like some of these superpowered people come from other countries. They come from other time periods. They come from other dimensions. They come from other planets. They come from parallel universes. Like, what law governs whether or not they can live in the United States? Yeah, I mean, America Ferreira, America, America, no, America Chavez, sorry. America Chavez, (laughs) she needs her green card uh, from, you know, X dimension or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what the visa programs are in between (laughs) our dimension and other dimensions. and, And that's just immigration law. Then there's also probably labor law issues, right? Like, I don't know how any of these superheroes pay their rent. Yeah, with the um, with the exception of Iron Man. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I I agree. Like, I guess I guess Captain America gets barracks. Um, I I don't know, and I've always wondered this. So Captain America was active duty military when he flew. We're totally off topic here, but anyway, when he flew into the ice and and got frozen in the ice, he was active duty military. What happens to his pay? When he falls, it goes into the ice. Do they stop paying him or has he accrued pay for like 70 years? Uh, no, he, they, they would have paid out an insurance claim on him and it, he, mm. he would have gone under loss. Declared dead after yep. seven years or whatever. Yep. Okay. Um, Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So other stuff that we know, uh, most of the cast or at least a lot of the cast. Um, yeah. Uh, and we're going to see Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. So, um, I mean, of course, the two superhero lawyers have to meet. Of course. I mean, well, why not? And, I mean, could you... I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out where Matt Murdock is going to show up in court with uh, uh, with Jennifer Walters. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And he'll get to do another little cheeky thing like he did in Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, I think with, like the, the word... I can only imagine the wordplay between the two of them. Uh, yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a witty, sassy, verbal person. Right, Jennifer Walters. Yeah, she's she's a lot of fun verbally. Yeah, so um, yeah, so Tatiana Maslany in the titular role um, of yep. Orphan Black and a couple of other things that I haven't seen. Um, um oh, you haven't seen Orphan Black? Mm-mm. Um, it's one of the reasons I was so excited to cover She-Hulk. Tatiana Maslany in Orphan Black plays like ten or 12 or whatever characters that are all on screen together. Um, and she did it flawlessly. Oh, wow. And just the technical skills that would go into doing that, like having to remember where all the other sight lines are and the other characters while you're doing your part. And it makes me have high hopes for her as a CGI actress. That's, that's funny because uh, like, you know, we talk about 
uh, we, you know, I listened to uh, Jason and Kirk cover Moon Knight and Jason Isaac. Nope. Oscar Isaac, um, you know, doing the two different parts and just the, like the different ticks between them and basically com- playing two completely different roles off of one another. Uh, I can't, I mean, I, I can only imagine what it would be like doing 10 or 12 different characters. I may have it's to check really that out. It's really worth watching. It's really worth watching. And it builds over time. First, there's two of them, and then there's three, and then... And after a while, you're like, another one? <laughs> um, it's uh, The show is really dark and creepy and um, and fun. It's got it's got a great cast. It's it's fun? Okay. It's fun in that it's like... Well, I say fun to mean, you know, like science fiction concepts that I find interesting. Okay, gotcha. Like gotcha, genetic gotcha. engineering and cloning and... Um, and bioethics. Gotcha. I, I love that. I, I, when, yeah. I think this show is going to be fun. Um, yeah. A little bit on the lighter side, uh, more comedy it's definitely based. Definitely cheeky. Yeah. 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 Um, so we have, uh, we mentioned Mark Ruffalo, uh, Jamila Jamil uh, from The Good mm. Place and a bunch of, of, you know, she's done a bunch of voice work. I actually recognized her um, on a show that my, my kids are watching called Mira Royal Detective. Um, I've heard of that. It's a, I mean, it's, it was like, there, there are like half a dozen like well-known Indian actors. I was like, wait, is that, is that this person? Is that Hannah Simone? I was like, oh man, that's crazy. Um, on Rugrats, on the new version of DuckTales, on the new version of Animaniacs. She's done a a bunch of that work. I know she hosted some show with like the imposter. Was it the, the people who do practical, impractical jokers? That's what they're called. Um, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't have watched that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch it, but it, I knew she was the host of it. Um, and then we get uh, Tim Roth from the redhead stepchild of the MCU, The Incredible Hulk, which, as I said, I enjoyed. <laughs> I uh, had you ever watched his series Lie to Me? No, I did not. Um, it's um, he's like the a human first lie detector, two right? Seasons are excellent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tim Roth is fantastic. I, I really enjoy Tim Roth in general. Um, but, uh, coming back is the abomination. Like I thought that his, his portrayal of, of, uh, the character in the incredible Hulk, I thought was well done. Uh, even if they, they, they went a little, I think a little bit overboard with, with some of the cheekiness of his, of his character. Yeah. I'm going to rewatch that this weekend. I, I feel like I'm real stale on that particular Hulk movie. Yeah. Maybe the leader will show up, um, who they, they led to, uh, in you know, the kind of like that was one of the cliffhangers in the movie, um, mm-hmm. the, the the formation of the leader. Um, we got Benedict Wong from you know back from the MCU in Doctor Strange, Shang Chi, Multiverse of Madness, uh, No Way Home. Um, you mentioned Charlie Cox, of course, as Daredevil, and Matt Murdock, and then Ginger Gonzaga, who I'm not familiar with. Um, me either, but she looks familiar, but I looked up her IMDb and I don't know where she looks familiar from. So I guess we'll find out yeah. what she's all about. Um, so, uh, what we don't know about the show, uh, we don't know what the plot line is, like what the, what the point is. Now we've seen some like training montages and some comedic, Hey, you have to learn how to get this under control and, and, and all that. I don't remember. And maybe you can correct me. Uh, I don't remember if, Jennifer Walters ever transformed back into human form in the comics. I thought she was yeah. just always, you know, a Hulkified. 
No, she has various different situations. At one point, she is permanently Hulkified, and she wants to find a way to be able to transfer back to Jennifer. And then for a while, in one of the books, she's permanently Jennifer through... And I can't remember what the reasons were. They jumbled together. Some of it's magical. Some of it was psychological. Some of it was celestial. Um, But for a while, she's stuck as Jennifer and can't transform into the Hulk. And then sometimes uh, she can control her transformations really easily. And sometimes she um, is out of control, like sort of the original classic Hulk, where he would get angry and transform. Okay. So we don't know what kind of Hulk she'll be. No. We don't. Okay. Or how she'll change over the course of the show, or if I mean, the plot could involve someone messing with her transformations. Right. That's been a plot in the comics. So I um, I do know yeah. that initially, um, at least the version that I read, uh, she had to get a blood transfusion from her cousin, and that was what led her to transform, because yeah, she then had the the gamma infused blood of of Bruce Banner. Her original uh, creation is in a, I think, late 50s uh, comic book, and she gets, she gets shot, and I read it. I like, you know, I bought it and I read it. She gets shot, and Bruce Banner get, is like, "Oh, she needs blood. She's losing blood. I'll give her some of mine." And then he's like, "I hope she doesn't have any bad effects from it." And he <laughs> waits till morning, and he's like, "She seems okay," and he leaves. <laughs> And then she turns into She-Hulk and has to deal with it. Um, and it, it, It's just really funny because... I'm sure she'll be fine. Like, in the Marvel Universe now and the way like Mark Ruffalo plays Bruce Banner, he would never be like, she'll be fine. And just like take <laughs> off. <laughs> but, you know, it's the 50s. Things were simpler. Yeah, I mean, we just... We, Stories were more simple. We didn't worry about plot holes or anything like that. <laughs> Logic. <laughs> Um, and then, but like she gets shot, like take her to a hospital, you moron! Don't give her a blood transfusion at home. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, um, we, yeah. we we kind of talked about it a little bit. We don't know what type of lawyer she is. Um, and yeah, you know, she could be criminal lawyer, but it looks like it's um going to be a civil law type law firm. I, mean, I don't know. It's, c- civil it's, makes sense specifically, like what I'm talking about or what I was talking about as far as the Incredibles and. Um, in yeah, that like liability lawsuit, right? Yeah, like a liability thing. I mean, that's the that's the life I had. I was a law firm lawyer, so I'm really looking forward to see what they get right and what they get wrong about that lifestyle. <laughs> we we may have a section completely t- in, in, entitled something to the effect of, you know, in the courtroom or yeah. in the law firm, <laughs> and this is what they got right, and this is what they didn't. <laughs> I imagine they will not show enough of her in a windowless room looking at documents, not in English. Because that was very much a part of my junior lawyer experience. Yeah, I mean, like, Breaking, or not Breaking Bad, but Better Call Saul has, has quite a bit of, uh, of a couple of the characters sitting in a windowless room in the basement going through, oh, going through documents. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that... that Somebody showed a realistic view of what that life is like because oh, I'm most just TV shows highlight show things courtroom. for twelve hours straight. Yeah, or pretend you're reading it because the other side is watching you. Right. Even though it's in Japanese. <laughs> um. Anyway, I won't talk a lot about being a lawyer. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the breaking the fourth wall thing, just in case people don't know what that is. Um, the fourth wall is a concept that is born from traditional theater where, you know, you have what's called a proscenium stage 
which is like a window into what's usually a room, like a traditional set from, you know, a long time ago. It's usually a room. So you have three walls on the stage and then this fictional illusory fourth wall that is the plane between the audience and the play itself. So that's that's where the, the word fourth wall, the phrase fourth wall comes from. And then uh, when a character breaks the fourth wall, usually it's by talking directly to the audience, but it it's any way that the play or the characters acknowledge that this is a play. That this, that there's an the audience or there's a reader there's, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And usually it should also require that they acknowledge that it's also fiction, but that's not necessarily true. And the Hulk, She-Hulk comic books didn't just break the fourth wall like um, like Fle- the show Fleabag or like uh, Deadpool. She would like rip open the comic book page and then like go to the next page because she <laughs> wanted to skip something. Um, and she would ask the writers to do specific things for her and then they'd show up in the next panel. It's um, a groundbreaking comic book. Um, I really recommend people go back and find it. It's the it's 88, 89, John Byrne comic books called She-Hulk and they're, they're great. Is it, it She-Hulk or Sensational She-Hulk or? I get the names mixed up, but it's the eighties run and I bought it on Amazon for my, for my iPad. So it's easily attainable. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, some examples of breaking the fourth wall are, um, some sort of well-known ones, Deadpool, Fleabag, um, Saved by the Bell, Time Out. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. Oh yeah. Ferris Um, Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Saved by the Bell. Um, a lot of people say shows like The Office and Parks and Rec, but those are not technically breaking the fourth wall because there's a there's, there's a, a camera, camera person doing a documentary. Right. So they're talking to someone in the story. Right. Um, it's not breaking the fourth wall, but it's like a cheat to allow them to Yeah, a little bit of exposition audience. or you yeah. know, hey, this is what I was thinking. Same with um, this is Spinal Tap. That's not a te- technically breaking the fourth wall, right? Um, and it's usually used in most cases for like comic effect or to be sort of winky, cheeky with the audience. But um, some playwrights have used this fourth wall technique to um, startle the audience or to try to shake the audience out of their sense of complacency and comfort when they're watching a play that is meant to be politically provocative. Oh, okay. Um, Sort of like Dadaism. It's like, wake up, listen to what I'm saying. So it's been used for like shock value as well as comedic value. Oh, well, speaking of that, um, like it's almost like a, a version of, of uh, like in Spider-Man no, no Way Home in the final, final post-credit scene, Bruce Campbell, you know, the, the movie is over and he's like, oh, it fin- it's finally over. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that's a little bit more tongue in cheek than directly talking to the audience. Um, yeah, but, that's a cheeky little cheat to, right. you know, make fun of of breaking the fourth wall. Right. And also the whole history of Bruce Campbell being in Spider-Man movies. Right. It's just, yeah. Um, and Sam Raimi movies, I mean. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? Yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the head writer is a woman named Jessica Gao. And her writing... Um, Credits include Silicon Valley and Rick and Morty, which are both quite funny and, oh, yeah. and intelligent shows. So that bodes well, I think. Um, and yeah, that's my list. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, I noticed that she was she was part of the interview 
or the the interview in the news. So speaking of news, here is news about She-Hulk. Awesome. Maybe I should have so, you, yeah, you say that. There were Just, a lot of yeah, there were a lot of like articles and things out there. They're really you know they're pushing the show, but I thought this was a good one. It's um. It's in TV Insider. The writer is Meredith Jacobs. Um, it's called She-Hulk Attorney at Law Team on Jennifer's Identity Crisis, Breaking the Fourth Wall, and more. Uh, talk about trying to find the right work-life balance. In the latest Disney Plus Marvel series, She-Hulk Attorney at Law, premiering August 18, Jennifer Walters, Tatiana Maslany, has one doozy of a dilemma in that regard. On the one hand, she's navigating life as a lawyer, the career she's worked so hard for. And on the other hand, when pressed, she's forced to navigate life as a six-foot-seven-inch She-Hulk. There will be no question about what she's feeling and how she's dealing. We'll get to see her break the fourth wall and speak to viewers directly, something that's very, very tricky in figuring out how often to do it, according to head writer and executive producer Jessica Gao. If I had my way, she'd be breaking the fourth wall every other sentence, Gao admitted during the show's virtual panel as part of the Television Critics Association Summer Press Tour. I'm definitely on the let's turn it up to 11 side of things, and everybody else had to pull me back a little bit more from it. But I will say the show is very meta and self-aware in the same way that the John Byrne comics were, very meta and self-aware. And it is present in the show, but it's not overpowering. As director and co-executive producer Kat Coiro pointed out, She-Hulk is something of a fourth wall breaking originator, having done so years before Deadpool and Fleabag. Back in the comics, she was always very meta, and she was always taking control of her story and her narrative. And I think that's something Jessica really captured amazingly in the show, the essence of that spirit. After becoming She-Hulk, Jennifer has made the face of the division for superhumans at her law firm. To have this thing happen to her that sort of derails everything is a bit of an identity crisis, according to Maslani. What I find really compelling about this story is how, depending on who Jen presents as, when she's She-Hulk, she's treated very differently than when she's Jen. There's a lot of having to really affirm her intelligence when she's Jen and assert her role and try to get respect. Whereas when she's She-Hulk, there's this inherent awe inspired by her. Koiro likened that to a very extreme level to the issues that people, especially women, deal with. Just dressing up changes the way that you are perceived, she explained. Your status in your job changes the way that you're perceived. After all, while people may see Jennifer differently, and she may not move the same way when she's She-Hulk, she retains her consciousness. Added gal, it completely changes the dynamics of every relationship she's in. Her relationship with her coworkers, her relationship with her friends, her relationship with her family. Among those relationships is that between Jennifer and her cousin Bruce Banner slash Smart Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. Maslani shared that the tech used, it's a CGI heavy series, actually informs the character in a way. She-Hulk and Hulk sort of feel like outsiders. They do kind of feel like they don't fit in in the world, like we're sort of these little gray, in these little gray suits with the camera in front of our faces, she explained. Koira noted several life-imitating art moments for the two as well. He'd been playing this role for a decade. Hulk has been Hulk for a long time. You were new to it, but then he came in and was so open to this new genre and so deferential to you because you're, you'd be doing it. As Gao added, addressing Maslani, when we watched you guys, it really felt like, oh, these two are cousins who have been bickering for years at every family <laughs> reunion, and we put them together. That led to, Koiro shared, additions to the script. I remember the first day you guys were together and playing off each other, and we were like, oh, we need to see more of this. And it led to building out the montage that's in the trailer a lot. That was really based on your guys' chemistry and your energy having fun, despite all of these technical things you had to grapple with. 
But while the two do have the Hulk journey in common, you can't expect two people to go through a similar situation and react the same way, Gao said. That's the crux of their relationship in this series, seeing that there are some things that they can relate to each other, but ultimately they are very different people who are experiencing it in very different ways. And also there is a double standard to how the world perceives her because she is a woman and because she is the female Hulk. The way everybody treats her is also very different than the way the world has treated him. Oh, look at that. Tying back into what you were talking about. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. It, <laughs> this series. It's going to be really fun to watch. I'm, I'm really excited too. Uh, and that's, uh, it, it, it definitely, I, I, and I, I think, I think my other big thing behind this is that I, I don't know that we've had a Marvel comedy series yet. Um, I mean, Ms. Marvel had a lot of comic there was elements. Com- yeah, there it- was comedic elements to it, but like this is a, a focused comedy. Yeah. It looks and purports to be very funny. And uh, it'll be nice to have that change of mood and pacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as I loved Moon Knight, it was dark. Oh, it was definitely dark. Yeah, you know what they should do? They should see. They should just, just try it out with a laugh track, maybe for like <laughs> one episode, and be like, ha. I mean, you know, I just, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a, a funny throwback, and people would be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it would be very confusing. <laughs> um, that show was already kind of confusing. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we have our Marvel question of the week, and this is the the part of our show, I guess, uh, where we, we ask you guys a question, and we would love to hear your feedback, and then we'll uh, read your answers on the air next episode. Penny? Yeah, and don't feel like you can't send in feedback about the episode separately from this, but we're going to do this Marvel question of the week thing every week, and uh, the more you participate, the more fun it is. Uh, please send in your answers to talk at podcastica.com or we'll also post this on Facebook so you can answer there. Um, so the question this week is pick three Marvel characters to have over for dinner at your house. Now you have to feed them. And so I also want to know what you're going to prepare for dinner. And the key is that anybody who lives in your house is at the dinner. So like if you have kids and stuff, they're at that dinner. Um, I want to know who you want to invite and I want to know what you're going to feed them. And, uh, I think it'll be funny to hear the answers. Hmm. Uh, that is interesting. All right. Look forward to hearing you guys' uh, you guys' feedback on that. Uh, and I will have to think about this over the next week. Yeah. I can't wait to hear your answer, Greg. And I'll have an answer for you guys too. Cool. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Thank. Nope, not going to redo that. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you'd like to write in or record a message and send it in, you can record it at podcasted.com. There's a little like no, record a voice message uh, on the side of it, or you can send it to, as Penny mentioned, talk at podcastica.com. Uh, thanks, Greg. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcastica. And we are also on uh, Twitter at, at podcast. I guess it's at, at, no, it's like ATM machine at, at podcastica. <laughs> Other stuff that's going on in the podcastica universe. Uh, I know Mark and Jamie are covering the Sandman. 
uh, they're going week to week. So if you've binged it and you just, you can just listen to them and, uh, and listen to what they've got to say. Uh, I I'm about 10 minutes into the first one. Um, really looking forward to it, really enjoying it. Uh, and then I know that we, I think we've got what one or two episodes left of better call Saul, maybe three, I think one more. Um, and, uh, Jason Rima are covering that over on the better Saul call Saul podcast. I'm not sure which one that's, uh, it might be house of Alcastica yeah. or the better Saul call Saul cast. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the b- bunch of good stuff. And then we have a ton of content coming. Yeah. It's, uh, it's too much to list all of it at once. And, uh, yeah, we'll but it's something for everybody, everything. though. Like, it's, you know, between She-Hulk and Lord of the Rings, and then eventually Wheel of Time, and uh, there's there's fantasy, there's action, there's drama, there's... Oh, Handmaid's Tale's coming soon. If, you know, you basically want to just just go sit in a corner and think about how horrible the world is. I mean, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> no, join Mayday and fight. Oh, right, right, right. It's right, supposed right. to inspire you to fight. Got it. Understood. I yep. will take. I will take a turn on that. Excellent. Be like Luke. Luke, he's our hero in the show. Um, next time on this podcast, it'll be She-Hulk episode one point one. Because we don't have titles yet. Because I think that they are holding on to them until the unless they actually just call them one point one. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> all right. That's all right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I'm six foot seven in bright green. People are going to stare no matter how I dress. <laughs> <laughs>